Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. Gareth Barker is over there. Bonjour. Uh, we had a selection dilemma in terms of podcast guests tonight for us. A nice problem to have at this level. It shows we have strength and depth. We opted for people who had made the trip to Walsall. Uh, that included myself, not always one of the most aware lads out of the group. Uh, but I was down for what was a glorious day of League One football. Former fanzine editor Tom Lynn joins us too. You made the trip down, Tom. I did, yes. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, we wanted our own Craig Clark along tonight because he attended the match. But more importantly, disagreed, very strongly disagreed with Gareth and I when it come to the Max Power Red card. So we wanted a debate about who was right and who was wrong. Well, so I was you, wrong. Well, you can, imagine <laughs> our, you can imagine our delight when we heard the red <laughs> yes, card absolutely. had been overturned. <laughs> Therefore, putting Craig on the back foot from the very opening of this podcast. Would, well, you, would you care to explain yourself, please, Craig? <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm also <laughs> delighted that our best midfielder is available no, for our biggest game of the season tomorrow. <laughs> Furious. Um, I, I mean, I just thought the, the thing that I'd said was whether he makes contact or not, bearing in mind he made contact with nobody at Bradford and got a red card. Was the, I could see why it was given. The left foot comes down in what looks to me a bit like a stamping motion. I take everyone else's point. I think their player was out of control and probably should have been sent off. But I could see what the referees sent him off for. I was wrong. They've rescinded it. And I'm delighted that that's the case. Do, do you think the uh, where the opposition player went in has, has helped with the appeal? I think so. I think when you, particularly when you see the, the photograph, um, he was lunging in with two feet off the ground before Power had actually made any uh, contact with he him. He didn't. Have you seen the photo of Power's foot planted on the ground? Yeah. So he hasn't yeah. even he hasn't actually touched yeah. him. So the lad's actually gone down. I, th- I think the other interesting thing as well, being in the crowd, there, there was no initial reaction. You know, when a, a player of either side commits something that's like out and out, you know, like a rough tackle. You can hear the U's and R's and, well, he shouldn't have done that. But there was no reaction and it was like, well, my neck, he's sending them off, you know. You could I, see the referee was going to send them off. He was, couldn't wait, could he? He was, yeah. like, he was absolutely sprinting over in full Mike Dean, didn't he? he was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, from where I was, I didn't even see what Power did. I saw their player leave the floor, both feet leave the floor from where I was sitting. And I thought, oh, that's naughty, that is. And then when I saw their players run over, none of ours go and defend Max Power, I thought he's in trouble here. And like you say, you could see the ref couldn't get over uh, quickly enough. But is that disappointing? That we mentioned, I know we mentioned that on the uh, on the reaction pod, didn't we? When, when we were speaking to Tom and Matt after the game and stuff like that. But is it disappointing that it shouldn't come down to that? Of course. But well, I know, these things influence the referee, even if subconsciously. I know. I know. Honeyman got booked later for <clears throat> um, sort of 
complaining about after they played, celebrated obviously another great decision from the referee who'd let the game run in our advantage, which led to their second goal. So I'm not sure how he's managed to square that one. But um, at other times, I, I would like to see our players defend each other and, and get in the referees' faces, not in a petty way. Mm-hmm. But Baldwin was nearly decapitated as well. Another cracking decision by the referee. Did he even book him? I don't, don't think, think he so, did. No. And I'm not saying that it was a, that was a definite red or anything, but. I would have thought yeah. the would, our players would be getting round and saying, "Come on, yeah, protect I think, them." I think there's been a few games. But I think probably Oxford at home that, that they were like the first team to to get into us physically, and I think since then other teams have, have decided that's the way to do it. And I think quite a lot of the time we haven't been protected particularly well by referees, but, and there is a glaring difference in their standard. I know you're half expected because you're in League One and you're not in the Premiership. And there's some controversial characters in the Premiership, but some of the refereeing this season has been pretty poor, to put it mildly. I mean, the Oxford game, though, they, they afterwards they were moaning about Sunderland being physical. In, yeah. You know, we've had a few comments and all that this season about us mm-hmm. being over physical. Yeah. And it just does feel as though that people are finding as many possible ways as they can to, mm-hmm. you know, put the boot in on Sunderland. And going back to the, the power red card, I mean, you know, at the time. It was just like, I thought he's going to send the Warsaw player mm, off. I did as well. And then <laughs> yeah. powered. I think partially one of the reasons why maybe we the players didn't react the way they did was shock. And then it was interesting, all the Warsaw, a lot of the Warsaw players actually, about there was two or three went to the ref twisting. And then yeah. there was two or three who actually went up to the power and were like consoling him as he was going off. Mm-hmm. So they obviously knew, you know, in the spirit of the game, it was a bit harsh, but I just thought like what really irritated afterwards, and it, it's all right having a debate about a decision. And I think that's fair, and obviously it was really a heated debate we had in the group chat, which you know, in the heat of the moment, everyone you know, everyone has an opinion, everyone's passion, impassioned about the situation. And I think everyone's frustrated yeah. as well because we're down to ten what, men again yeah. and all that kind of what stuff. What really annoyed us afterwards, and actually it was a lad said it in the 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 reaction pod thing, which is still relevant if you want to give it a listen. Um, you know, it's this this word was being bandied about. And it was almost like some word of the day toilet paper was being dished out to cross the whole of the northeast, <laughs> and everyone had landed on the liability liability word um, <laughs> on the same day. But it was like you can't just someone seeing the word liability. It's turned into a cliche now, and it is a massive it? cliche. It's like, look, I think a lot of people are looking at it, go, well, he should have done this and he should have done that, and he, it's like so, it's like watching Magic have a shot and the keeper save it to his right and then go, oh, well, he should have shot to his left because he'd seen his sh- shoot to the right. No, that's not how football works. It was a, it was a loose ball, it was a fifty fifty ball. He's decided he's going to go in for it now. I know players are making decisions on the pitch all the time in, in short spaces of time, thinking time. But for me, you can't. I don't think you can say like, well, he's got to think about what happened against Oxford and what happened against Bradford and referees have got a preconceived idea mm-hmm. about certain players. Firstly, referees shouldn't be going into games deciding, well, I'm going to, I might send him off. Yeah. It's more likely I'm going to send Max Power off than it is I'm going to send George Honeyman off because he's been sent off twice. The Oxford sending off wasn't a sending off. I don't care what you say. It's a regulation yellow card every single day of the week. The, the, the Bradford one, I mean, it's a bad decision in many ways. Especially because he gave a penalty, he shouldn't have given a penalty because the ball wasn't in play in that area. It was an off-the-ball incident. He should have awarded, you know, probably an indirect free kick to Bradford. But on top of that, I didn't think really. I've seen stuff this season. 
A lot worse it, than that. Was it Mendy had a swing at someone? Oh, he yeah. didn't connect. He didn't even but get, it was, it was the same principle. Yeah. What, what, and it was, except it was a fist. Yeah. But I, don't I, I think what you're saying is if all those incidents then, were replayed yeah. over again, he could have received no red card. No red card. Yeah. But the, the point, I think the, the point I'm trying to make is I just think it's, it's, it was a really bizarre argument. So well, the power shouldn't give the referee a decision to make. No. The referee's there to make the best decision he possibly can during the game. And when you look at that decision he's made at the weekend... He's he's obstructed. His view's obstructed. He can't see through George Honeyman. Yeah. So he's standing in front of him. But he, he's gone straight flying over. And people was, had a conversation, you know, with um, Lee Harry was saying, he thinks, you know, that maybe the club's too big for Max because he keeps on going, all, like, getting overexcited and all this. Well, my argument would be, I think the, the Sunderland are too big for the referees in this league <laughs> because there, yeah. there's no way that those referees are going to be going into games in front of... The size of the crowds regularly yeah. that they are, and I think it's I think the referees are getting caught up in it. Some of them just aren't streetwise. I mean, you say the Walsall player just lunged in with two feet off the ground, and was hardly was hardly ever spoken to. You know, yeah. he must have seen it. If he saw what Power did, then he saw what the Walsall lad did, and just totally ignored it. Mm. So the the thing, just sort of playing devil's advocate, and also the reason one of the reasons I thought a red was justified taking into account I also think their player as I've said was out of control Power's got this way of going into challenges sometimes where he plants a foot now that doesn't mean it's a foul Mm. but you see red cards given when a foot comes down in a certain way it's got to be cured yeah exactly right he's not been sent off before he came and played for us no he hasn't so he's been tackling for the last seven years like that as a pro player So, so maybe that comes back to what Gareth's saying maybe in the context of the games involving Sunderland they're being picked up on in a way that they just wouldn't have been when he's playing for someone like Wigan and there's 5,000 people there. It, it, Those challenges at a higher level would definitely get picked up on more, I think, than mm. he was doing them against, he did at least one against Coventry where I was wincing a bit. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's our best midfielder by miles. I mean, I've, I love him. I want him in the team. Every game he's available. But I was think. I mean, if that red was upheld and you're Jack Ross, you've lost him for, for weeks. Yeah. Someone else is going to come in and state a claim. Yeah. It's going to get to the point where it's hard for him to bring him back in, not because he's a liability, but because how many times do you, you know, bring him back in and yeah. have to, and you have to sacrifice someone else? It's a bit well, that's harsh not on them. It? It, but, but it's now harsh. it's different. It's yeah. the other way around. It's like, to my mind, he's got to start yeah. tomorrow. Well, well, there's, 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 there's if, anything, well, the debate, if anything, the debate should be about the fact that. Warsaw, but probably in that first 25 minutes, the worst team we've played this season. How much of that was them being poor and us being good? I so, so, we so really Sunderland, good. I mean... You know, Both. 4-4-2, Sunderland. Gooch sort of floated behind. It was 4-4-2-ish. Gooch sort of floated behind um, Magic, didn't he? Um, Walsall couldn't get near Sunderland first 20 minutes. Sunderland moved the ball quickly. Um, they made runs off the ball that they couldn't deal with. They were fl- the movement was fluid off the ball. It's... Arguably the, be- the best I've seen us live this season. I would say that rather than but, saying how bad walls. I just didn't think yeah. they could live with us. The red card changed everything. Um, well, we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that. The referee, first twenty minutes, I think. Oh, yeah, God, I've seen the referee. On going back to that decision, the referee has made a decision in that game that I, you could argue would has cost us the points in that game. And that that should be the discussion now. It shouldn't be about whether 
you know, if if whatever happened to Max Power, then should he get back in? Or, you know, what could have happened if he had been sent off in his position in the side? It should be that the referee's negligence has cost us a point. Yeah. You know, they should have been down to 10 men, actually. not, And that's my opinion, that he should have been sent off. It shouldn't have been Max Power, and we would have steamrolled them if they had 10 men. Was there an issue or a problem that we couldn't uh, create any chances when we were on top? We forced a lot of corners. Uh, but we didn't. Madge was never presented with an opportunity in the box, really, was he? No, not really. I, I, I think I agree with what you say. We did play well, but I also think there's, there's been very few games this season where we sort of dominated from start to finish. We seem to make a meal of a lot of games, despite our obvious superior technical ability in the way we move the ball and, and actually creating clear cut chances in the last third. I think it's like a, it's a bit of a problem. That's why we've probably, uh, we've probably drawn too many games. Yeah, I agree. I think. It's, you know, we'll never know. But I, I do think it would have been a different Saturday because we were far super. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, it was as one-sided as it could possibly be without without a goal separating the sides. I, I agree with you about Madge didn't really get a sniff. He had one, I think we're already down to 10, were we down to 10 men at that point? I can't remember. If he'd gone down, you probably oh, he probably get a penalty, penalty, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that remember. Um, so I remember. Another, another, another great that was piece first of referee. Off, so it was no-no yeah. 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 um, Actually, uh, it made well, a Why did the referee give a penalty? Well, exactly. That I was. What game was? It? I think it was Kevin Friend yesterday in uh, Wolves. Was it the Wolves game? I think it was the goal. Moy scored the free kick. He let the player go mm. and then brought it back. Yeah. It, might, it was either that or another one. And it was obviously it's top level refereeing. Friend, who we regularly <laughs> would criticise, obviously. <laughs> and that's the difference. If Magic throws himself over, he probably gets it. Yeah. Um, it was a penalty that oh, it was a yeah. penalty but you're right the only other shot I think we had Power had a really good effort I think yeah. the keeper parried Tip, tipped it over the bar but and it, again a yard either side of the keeper that goes in as well I think Oviedo had a few strikes didn't he what do we yes think of, that's what, right yeah, what did. do we think of Oviedo's position right wing it was an odd one uh, it was Strange. because it, it's, he, it's not, he's not somebody he didn't look comfortable there no at he all. didn't he didn't no. I didn't think Gooch was very good through the middle either I, Gooch I, had his worst game I he had a and yet set a Gooch, goal up and yeah. scored one yeah. but he was, yeah. he was anonymous really mm-hmm. so there's there's. if you want to think about despite in many ways you would think well if Oviedo's fit you'd probably stay with the same team that absolutely dominated for 23 minutes and yet it's also an opportunity you think well could that be tweaked and made mm-hmm. better well we'll look, we'll look at what, what team we think we should play against Barnsley, uh, but if we, if we continue on this game, um, I was critical, or I am critical of of, of Ross and the changes he didn't make. Um, I would have shored up our midfield as soon as we went down to ten men. Um, I think we kind of got away where he left it the same, didn't he? Maybe he thought we were so superior to them that he didn't need to change anything. But they have gone two 0 up in seven minutes in the mm. second half, um, and they were on top at that point, well on top. And then when he does bring all nine on, because Honeyman was running around a lot of that time like a headless chicken because he had no help in there and he was getting overrun in midfield. Then when he does put all nine in the middle of the park, the game changes and we dominate possession again, even though we've got 10 men. Should he have made that change earlier? All nine changed the game, I think, did, I think from it's... a shape point of view <clears throat> and from a personnel point of view. Yeah, I think all nine's on the, on the fringe of being handed a, a start, really, because he's come on in a few games recently. And, and change the game, actually influence the game, um, either with the assist or you know, or by scoring a goal. And I think the the midfield dilemma, if you want to call it that, it's a healthy dilemma. But I think it's something that Jack Ross has got to be honest with himself at some stage, and particularly when Catamore's fit again as well, and pick what he sees as his best, mm. his best midfield. I mean, O'Neill was good off the yep. ball. He was imposing. He 
he kept shape, he blocked tackles, he won the ball in the air. When he got the ball, he moved it quickly, made forward runs. Excellent, really. Um, and, and we will talk about that decision. Did Jack Ross get that wrong? Any of you, Gareth Craig? I think I was still annoyed about sending off. I just think how, <laughs> if you think that that game we dominated the first twenty, then I got even, maybe a little bit more even, and then they got on top early in the second half until we made the change, and then we were instantly back on top of the game again because we had an extra midfield. It, it's a hard one. To, I don't know because we came back and drew the game, it, yeah, and it was, the circumstances were such. It's hard to criticise him, but I know what you're saying. I, I'm yeah, but we came back when he made the change but, that he should but, have made but, before. But if you make the change earlier and it's nil-nil, it's a different game and you don't know yeah. that it works exactly the same way, right? I mean... Yeah, it was a bit like when we played Burton away with sort of 2-0 down there and not playing too badly, but struggling in certain areas. And then, he, you know, Maguire scored that goal in the, in the second half and really we should have had something out of that game by the end. As I say, I just think there's... There's too many games where we, we seem to just be making hard work of a mm. what should be a, a very winnable scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, again, maybe an ultra-critical of, of Ross. I mean, you, you would argue, well, he, he did make a change and it affected the game. I just, made, it's just more than one, it's just, because, it's just because I called for that early. So, that you know, it's not with hindsight. If you remember in the group chat, I said then, uh, first half, he needs yeah, to bring more nine on the shot at the midfield. So I'm not speaking with... Uh, with think, the power oh, of hindsight. I think McGeady deserves a lot of credit. He was um, You know, and for all his detractors, and he's frustrating. I think sometimes frust- frustration gets confused with McGeady's rubbish. And I think people get frustrated. Yeah. And the reason people get frustrated with him is because he does so much. And if you look back at the game um, against Wickham, he was probably our greatest threat, even though people were saying, oh, he's dreadful. Well, well, I didn't if, think without him, on, without him on the pitch, we wouldn't have created anything. Yeah. And then yeah. at the weekend, he grabbed the game by the scruff of the net in the second half. It was a little bit like the Preston game where we drew two all last season. Um, and, and he scored uh, in that game at the end as well. Um, and it was it did feel like he, you know, he was trying to drag us back into it. Um, you know, and he was like, dropping everywhere to receive the yeah. ball, wasn't he? Every position on the pitch he was at some point, right back, left back. Uh, he was he was coming short. He was going yeah. long. He was doing everything. Was he? He's a good player. At the end of the day, he's got you know he got Champions League experience. He's played for some decent clubs. I think sometimes as a group of fans, and we'll probably you know include everyone in it. Really, you can sometimes have a bit of a downer on a player, and I think that's happened with McGeady a little bit this season. But I, personally, I think he's got to be on the pitch most of the time because he does influence games, and he's got confidence in his own ability as well. And, and there's, <coughs> there's, there's some other players. Um, you know, you don't want to start getting personal about it, but you you look at them when you're struggling a little bit to, to change the game, and they don't do it. Whereas McGeady recently has just done like really well for us, and I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. And you know, certain critics need to hold their hands up a little bit and give him some credit. I think he's, you know, if you look, he's got his first goal against uh, was it uh, Rochdale? Was it Rochdale? He scored the last goal in that game, did he? Am I wrong? No, I can't remember who it was. Beaten three 0 Maguire scored that goal. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was anyway. Beaten three 0 Was it? Was it Southend? Maybe. Yeah, it was. Kind of, you know, ruffled the hair and moved on by then. <laughs> the wear blue and the yeah, yeah. Blue. One of these, one of these, <laughs> one of these League One jobber teams would beat three 0 at home. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, um, and since then, obviously, you got the brace at Plymouth, um, and he got another one on Saturday, um, and he didn't have any pre-season. He pretty no. much came straight into the team on the back of no football. Um, so, yeah, I think 
he's going to get up to speed. But last year he got what eight nine goals, quite a few assists. I know he got he had a really good start of the season, um, and then kind of dipped when after Grayson went. He kind, of, he kind of dipped when we really dipped. I think just everybody lost confidence in the last yeah. season on and off the pitch. You know? Yeah, but yeah. you can't. He, he's one who could have really twisted for a you know a move, and he didn't. And you know he hopefully. With all these good players, I mean, obviously, was the one who's probably most likely to leave, and he but with the the better players who are probably on a higher yeah. wage packet, we've got to keep like keep as many of them as we can because I just feel as though without them, we're going to have to replace like for like, and we probably won't be able to. Yeah, like we won't yeah. be able to replace them financially. Yeah, like we won't won't be able to get an equivalent in. Yeah. So, and I think that that's a fair, a, a quite a good point to make actually yeah. at this juncture in the sense that I think we've brought in some useful players but a lot of the ones who are really in my opinion the kind of that little cut above yeah. are ones who were actually here last season yeah. so I would argue Madger, McGeady um, to an extent Honeyman I know Honeyman's got his critics I thought he was very good at the weekend he was and, and I think Personally. what he does that a lot of other players don't do at this kind of level I don't know at this level but like he's, like, he's half a yard quicker he releases it he it, there's something about the way when he's firing and he gets involved that he finds players. He's far better deep. He is far better deep when he's got the whole game in front of him. A Gooch is another one. I mean, he frustrates the life out of you if he's holding on yeah. the ball, but he scored lots. He's yeah. setting up lots of goals. Set the goal up and scored the weekend. Matthews, Catamull. Matthews has been excellent. Recently. Matthews has really yeah. proven a point. Yeah. Catamull's obviously been great when he's played. Oviedo, in and out. But there was a point I remember we were talking about, would you rather keep him or bring another striker in? And we all were saying we'd rather keep Oviedo mm. because you can tell he's got yeah. quality above the level, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think um, it would be a hell of a gamble to, to, you know, to, to get rid of people like Oviedo, Catamol. Um, Oviedo's the one I could live with, I think. You, you, you possibly could. I mean, Denver Hume did really well when he came in. Reese James isn't too bad, but the, the last, the last couple, of, the last home game, Oviedo did as much as anybody to, to sort of like mm. change the pace of the game. And I just think, for the sake of six months, I would try and I would try and keep them because you yeah. can't always equate it in monetary terms either. Because if you, if you lose them, and whoever comes in or whoever you you know you, you bring in from the current squad to replace them may not do as well and you just think you know we're going into the championship then Oviedo might not want to stay anyway he probably sees himself as a you know a top flight player wherever it might be but I think in general terms the, the players who've come in this season um, and who are playing for us now I'd, I'd be tempted to keep them Maybe. I think it'd be false economy to, to lose them what you can equate financially is going up and not going up yeah. and if th- keeping those players give you a better chance you yeah. know, you've got to, you know, half a, half a year yeah. of going up, yeah. then it's a risk worth taking. Yeah. I mean, if you don't go up, then you assess it. And then yeah. I think if you don't go up, then you look at it and go, it's been a disaster because mm-hmm. there's no way that, from what I've seen, that this team shouldn't go up. And I think Ross, in particular, I hope they go up for him because I think yeah. the job he's done I up hope to they now. Go up for me. Yeah. yeah. But, just, but, you know, think of all the, think of all the managers. <laughs> Who've come in to this club, and yeah, and he's got some good players to work with. But he, he's his situation as a starting point. I would argue he's probably in a good yeah. position now compared to what other managers were because we've got different yeah. ownership and everything. But if you look at the starting point he had, he had a very difficult situation to manage, yeah. and he's done it 
an exceptional job and oh, brilliant. brilliant. You know, yeah. one we've lost one game in eighteen games. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. with with Ross, the the thing I think back to that summer, and I think he came in as a obviously an unknown quantity in many respects. Mm-hmm. I know he'd done a great job at St Mirren, but my thing was looking at it and thinking some of the egos that he's got there and the people on big wages who are used yeah. to working for managers at a certain level, that's yeah. going to be a big test for him. I mean, the fact he's got like McGeady, Catamore, yeah. these people are buying into it, yeah. I think speaks more than even about the style of football the team plays. Yeah. It's testament to his character, his leadership and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's done, he's done really well, but I think, I think he needs to, to keep these more experienced players yeah. Um because if you, if, you, if you look over the last couple of weeks, although we obviously we've only lost one game all season, there's a few teams coming up on the blind side now. You know, the likes of Luke and even Blackpool aren't that far away. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I think we're a better side than within every side in the division, to be honest. But points-wise, we're, we're just sort of hanging on in there near mm. the top. I, th- I think and we're keep just, an eye on Paul. Yeah, to me, yes. I'd be keep, keeping the squad and in January trying to sign two or three players probably with a little bit more... There's a trendy word is at the moment physicality. We just need a little bit more height and, and pace and pace power. is the one pace I and power think, in the team. Yeah. Like a player like that um, on your dimmer at uh, Wickham, like that kind. Yeah. He's a something yeah, yeah. kind of player we haven't got. Most teams we've played this season have had at least one or two players who could easily perform at a higher level yeah. than where we are and be worth looking at. I thought the centre midfielder for Oxford uh, was a Baptiste. Yes, and was, was excellent. There was yeah, one yeah. who played for Southend whose name escapes me and he's been linked with championship clubs yeah. and he, he yeah. looked good. Yeah. Um, you're right, there's, there's, there's often one who stands out and one of the yeah. reasons is they're often quite they're not just athletic, they've got that extra little yeah. bit of touch. I thought the number two for Wickham, actually, you played, I think he played centre-back, was, was pretty good for them as well, actually. Against the the left-back put in some brilliant corners. Can we set pieces. Before we move on to the well. Barnsley game, just because you're talking about games that happened like ages ago now. Um, before, Fortnite ago. <laughs> before, <laughs> we, ago. before we get the Barnsley game, can we just um, acknowledge what was, without doubt, the worst miss I've ever seen? Oh, my God. Watching live football at a professional standard. Has anybody ever seen anything like that miss from three yards out from there? No, I, I must admit if a player done that in Division 6 of the Sunday, Sunday morning <laughs> league, somebody would have been saying, hey, mate, you've had, you know, you're still pissed off I was going to say, you're still mortal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it proves it can be done at, at any level, but it was absolutely horrendous. I mean, I, a bit calmer, because you mentioned the, the, their players, so the reaction of Power getting sent off. He, like, he's one, if you watch the footage back, he, like, claps and celebrates Power getting sent off. So that's a nice... We are on that as well. Can we, go, we, have to, we can't... Obviously, Walsh or some apparently yet again another example of Sunderland fans. Sunderland well, I want to talk about the themselves. scenes. Why not? Yeah, Sunderland enjoy. God forbid people have a nice time with when in in their extra activities that they participate in. That's it. That's what I've learned. That's what I've learned this season. What are you doing? Enjoying yourself? You're supposed to be miserable. You're supposed to be walking out yeah. with twenty minutes to go, so we can all laugh at you, and we can have a good laugh at your expense. Well, this season it doesn't matter what division you're in. We're having a good laugh, and when we scored. And Honeyman turned around to the player yeah. who scored, and, who yeah. scored Ginelli, their second Ginelli, goal yeah. and yeah. was just pointing at them and uh-huh. giving it. I thought that's mint. And I loved it. Same here. And I, I tell you what, that it, it's, this isn't the first time that's happened to Sunderland. Uh, apparently, I think football is something you're meant to just go to. Because when we stayed up and Newcastle got relegated, um, we were criticised for that as well. Mm-hmm. Celebrating like, you know, you can't celebrate wins. You can't yeah. celebrate staying up. You can't. Yeah, you're not you allowed can't, to celebrate. Yeah, you're not allowed to be upset about losing. You're not mm. allowed to stop going 
and try and do something about losing all the time. No, it's that's basically you can't win. Whatever you do, no matter how many games you win on the pitch, you can't win off it. And that was yeah. it was good for honeymoon. That wasn't it? Because yeah, they're, they're I mean, it's a crap. I mean, listening to the Walsall phone name, they were calling him Ginelli. Nick Barnes was calling him Ginelli there on the radio. So I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm in a doubt just in case I'm I'm getting it wrong here. Their fans were calling him Ginelli. That's why a, I said Ginelli. Son of a former ice cream. Yeah. I was going to say Gino. It's spelled it's spelt, it's spelt more like Ginelli in English, but yeah. they were saying Ginelli. The Walsall fans Ginelli. on the phone. Yeah. I thought like, he was well, called Ginelli. Well, the Walsall fans. Maybe that's just a nickname now from us. Yeah. Yeah. Like another jobber. He scored a cracker. And it was a great goal. Although but, it, did, it was that was remember that was our advantage though yeah don't forget that but now I'm not going to pretend I'm offended by it at all but he ran across the pitch to the Sunderland fans to celebrate in front of them he did he mocked Josh Madger yeah. by doing Didn't the fall arm and standing thing really. and doing all that and then it went on for ages and then he walked yeah. as slow as physically pos- as humanly possible to get into his own arm Honeyman's out of Gordon Honeyman gets booked he doesn't get booked. Which which just adds to the the referee's uh, you know incompetence, but it was nice that Honeyman managed to, oh, to go and do uh, these bit shit house in back room. And all and all nine like do having a, oh, yeah, a little celebration in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lad gets up and he's like, "I'm coming for you." And just I think every him. time you see that clip when we score, you just see something different. You see, <laughs> or nine rugby tackling a guy. There's, There's so like people just on. burst through the play. And I know some people came on the pitch and the morals will say it's wrong, but it's just. Pure with passion. I mean, honestly, you, when you look around that split second when we equalised at Walsall, we'd scored in the Champions League in an important game, people wouldn't react to it any different. No. It's, it's, it's context. It's good. It's context. If, you, if you haven't watched any of the footage or any of the game, just go back and, and, and get hold of the footage where Sean, you will celebrate the fans yeah. uh, and the players celebrate like so much going on uh, Cold War Steve uh, pictures. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's just yeah. Like there's that much going on. Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Of course, like, yeah. hidden. It is something <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Of course, our nearest and dearest have been saying, oh, I can't believe that you're celebrating an equaliser against Walsall, yeah. etc. But like you say, it's just pure emotion. You know, well, and it's, you know, it's it doesn't great. matter what competition you're playing. You're, yeah, you're exactly. watching your team play football, you're down to 10 men, yeah. you're getting beat 2-0, yeah. and and then you you know it's the last minute and you equalise of course you're gonna it's, it's, it's context so what you watch football you, for. You, win, you win a game in the Premier League 3-0 against Hull by the time the third goal goes in a lot of people are already out the ground because it's yeah. routine just a standard yeah. league game if you're in the conference yeah. and you're 2-0 down if you're Man City you can't sell a Champions League game out well <laughs> <laughs> because, and for them again they've probably celebrated games in the third division exactly, yeah. more than they do some of the yeah. routine wins they have now it's all about context and, again, it, 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 and I would, what I would add to that in the context thing you, you know I'm sure I mean I wasn't there but when we got the equaliser at Bristol City last year oh, yeah. been good yeah. but very different in that you know it's it's all about the, the context and the mood at the, the time yeah. and the celebrations with, with the players and the fans together, and it's that togetherness that, again, mm-hmm, going yeah. back to what not only um, the, the, the coaching staff have managed to achieve and the, with the players, but with the fans and the ownership and, mm-hmm, and the way yeah. the club's been run, all that together at the moment. Yeah. And they've managed, I feel, as though to change the mentality and make people proud again. Yeah. In I think you're spot on a, there. I think it's know. like the, the, the situation <clears> with the club is it's not just people are happy not just because we're winning games but hopefully hopefully can't stand um, it's because there is some hope there for the future that these guys do have a, a plan and I think we've done we've done well to get to the stage we are in it you know like we alluded to earlier with, with Jack Ross and what he had to do and turn around different types of characters 
players he had to bring in, some players who Captain Moore probably being the prime example, if he'd gone around to most Sunderland fans would have said, you know, he's on far too much money, he isn't playing very well and he needs to go. I mean, give him his due, he's had to turn him around completely. We're going to talk about the Barnsley game first. We're going to hear what Jack Ross uh, thinks about he the He can have the final word on The final word on, final word on yeah. Max Power's red card. <laughs> and of course, it links into whether he should start against Barnsley. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm genuinely most pleased in the, in to begin with for Max, uh, I know people think for me as a manager it's because I've got available, but more for him because I've mentioned often how pleased I've been with him since he came to the club and what he brings us and it was going to be a big thing for him to carry, you know, having heard a third red card and the suspension it brings, so first and foremost delighted for him. Um, I didn't want, you know, I don't want it to be tarnished with that, especially when I believed it to be in, unjust, I think it's different if I thought it was deserved, but... Um, you know, I was I was obviously fairly passionate in my opinion about it post match, and nothing had changed in that respect. So I'm pleased that, you know, and I'm grateful to those that have looked at the appeal from the FA that they've seen things in the same light. Because um, I said I didn't think it was a red card. Only you said the learning point for matches again is is the types of positions he puts himself in in the game, and you know we have to manage that properly because we don't want him to be in that position again this season. All right, then we have been asking your opinion on Twitter um, about. Um, your team selection tomorrow uh, night. Um, Turn it full radio, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max Power starts. Yep, of course yep. he does. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's, I know there are a lot of people who would like O'Nine to start, and I understand that, but he is not as good a footballer no. as Max Power. It's have a bit similar. To the, I actually did tweet yesterday that the one positive thing from this would be that O'Nine gets his chance. I do feel a bit sympathy for him, but as you say, what are you talking about? In. He, he, he might do. I mean, people, you know, everyone on Twitter's agreeing with us here. Black Cat Young, Powell should start. One of the few physically imposing midfielders available. Worried about getting pushed around and defending set pieces. Alistair McLaughlin, Powell to start. I think he'll have a point to prove. He's an effective uh, passer of the ball. Or nine does have a good case to start. John Ridley, Powell to start for me. Um, Adam Fika asks if Oviedo stays in an attacking role or Maguire does he come back in I'd be tempted I think Maguire if you watch that video the club put out at the weekend he was holding his back at the end he did have a knock for quite a while during I wouldn't be adverse to putting 9 in for uh, Oviedo and Gooch back him, on the wing put Gooch wide and put mm. 9 in, in behind mm. Madger and put Honeyman and Power together in the middle. So O'Nine, a lot of energy. High. There's a lot of energy in that. Well, that's where O'Nine's played a lot. He's come mm. on and he's played off the front. Yeah. And I mm. tell you what, 
Madjet was really struggling to get into that game on Saturday yeah. and it, someone like him next to him yeah. might Energy, help all action, all action, that's what you want mm. in a game I mean, like this because it gets people going in the ground. Bit, they well. are a big team. Yeah. Yeah. They can no, they are, they're, they're technically good but they're, they're all six foot hard. And when, what, and when it turned into a scrap, all nine was he, he was. Yeah. I mean, if we think about the first game he played at Charlton, where he was like invisible almost, and he just didn't know where to he place himself. Ball and everything. He didn't know where to place himself, and this was the opposite, where he was a barrier for them on Saturday. One person, Ayel Hopper, does say, "How can you drop all nine now? It's like an injury. Power has to come back and earn his place." But earn what? What earn him what? Because he's somebody's. It's like <laughs> I think he was late. I think if Power didn't play, I think it's almost. Like saying he's been a bad lad, I'm leaving him out to teach him a lesson. I mean, he, he's he's been found innocent, and like again, like we've alluded to, he's one of our best midfielders, so you've got to play him. I would say as well. I, I mean, in many ways, it, as you're saying, it would be like it would be like a punishment for nothing, and he's done nothing wrong. And actually, he was one of the key components in that 20 minutes dominating. You can talk about a couple of the others and the context of the 10 men and how that impacts on their performance. Yeah. But he wouldn't if if he hadn't been sent off. He wasn't one of the players who would have been subbed off. Yeah, yeah. And he isn't someone you would have been thinking about yeah. rotating out for this game. He yeah, would have he, been first name on the team sheet. Yeah, you can't punish him for a wrong wrongful <clears throat> dismissal. Yeah. Um, Jack Smith, SCFC. What minute do you think Max Power will get sent off? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he likes a quite an early one, doesn't you he? You people have said yeah. that, dear. Uh, yeah. We we go through what team we think will play them because uh, that's quite interesting. For the first time in a while, there's there's options. there's, 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 there's Options because, like you say, the again you, you, you hinted that Maguire would be McGee injured there, but as well. well, McGeek's definitely out, definitely injured yeah. still. So he he's the midfield options are I'm necessarily not, I'm not, he's not he, I'm not he's not going to change. Pe- Pe- well, I don't read be, him, because of right because of how we've acknowledged how well we played the first twenty minutes. He's not going to change the midfield partnership of Power and no. Honeyman, surely. I don't think so. So, like you say, possibly or nine, possibly to come in further up the field for Oviedo would be the only. Yeah, I mean, thing. even, even the, 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 there's so many uh, connotations and permutations with the midfield that you know we'd probably go on for another two hours talking about it. I mean, you could even have Oviedo playing ahead of the of, of Reece James on a, in a in a left sided role. I think. Well, I think that's where I we think, assumed he would think, start when we saw. I think, the, I think in this division, he, he he could do it theoretically, but probably not in relation to the players we've got. I just think, think from. Do you think Gooch is better from the left? I think yeah. Gooch, Gooch yeah. has played all season on the right. right. Hasn't no, he has. Yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah, left. I mean, Gooch, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're going to swap though, can't they? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he obviously scored from like a left-handed position on. Uh, he did on Saturday, but and he can play either side. But I say the, the the midfield is like a really interesting scenario, and I think. This is where it's easy for us to say, but like Jack Ross has got to sit down and with his, his staff and be honest and pick what he thinks is his best team, his strongest agree? eleven. Because it's no yeah. good, it's no good people sort of saying, "Oh well, so and so's coming in, he's had a couple of good games," or somebody's coming as a sub. He's got he's got to sit down as though he's playing a, a you know like a cup final or a, a, an important playoff game, and in his heart of hearts, this is my strongest starting eleven for Sunderland. The thing, the, another position. I agree on the mid. There are a lot of permutations and a lot of options, and I don't know if we want to go through what we would all pick. But I also think there's a case for bringing Leuven's back mm-hmm. because I don't think that they're a particularly good partnership. I know we kept a lot of clean sheets, but my God, some of the mistakes they were making on Saturday. Well, Flanagan twice would have been punished by a player at a level above. 
Uh, I know we're not at a level above, and we're commenting on the level right now. Mm. But for thirty years, we've watched levels above, so we're gonna we're gonna comment on that. There was one in the first half, and the forward just wasn't quick or smart enough to get on the end of it. The second one was where the guy misses the open goal, and I think Baldwin was at least partly to blame for the first. He got sucked out, which he has a tendency to do. Yeah, and he's he's not very quick. Part of me though, part of me I thinks, think. let them just iron these deficiencies out and let them crack on because the the ball for an age where they can still improve and I think they've been signed with an eye on next season where with you know where with well, Leuven's perhaps not if you talk, if, you, if you're talking yeah. about the here and now I think I would I would agree because I, I think Leuven's would have um, would have helped calm that situation at times on Saturday mm. I can understand why you want to leave them there and because sometimes the only way a partnership can improve mm is if you just give them the minutes and the minutes and the minutes on the pitch. Well, yeah. I would also say, and then before someone else wants to comment, I don't think he envisaged that as his centre-back pairing at the start no. of the season. I think he envisaged using Flanagan as a full-back, which he played a lot for Burton, mm. and he likes to have a big third centre-back full-back. Yeah. And I, I mean, Oviedo he probably wouldn't have expected to have, but what, because he did, I think his preferred back four would have been Baldwin, Leuven's, Flanagan, and then Oviedo mm. or Hume. Matthews is now undroppable. He could play Flanagan left back, but he's not. He's not going to drop James, who's doing just fine. It's it's a tough one, but I'm not trying to criticise either of them two or single them out. But some of the mistakes are really like Barnsley are a better team. They will punish you if you do stuff like that. They'll they'll put the ball in the net. In my opinion, haven't seen them a couple of times. I think they've got clinical players. They've got good technicians. Defensive change for anybody else. Might it might be a bit harsh to do it for tomorrow, but that sounds contradictory because I just said pick your strongest team. So if people think <laughs> Lewins should play, I'm, I must admit that the, the Flanagan and Baldwin as a pairing look look physically light, um, and potentially would get bullied by teams with a sort of more aggressive attitude. I mean, which Barnsley are one of those sides? Yeah, big I've, strong side. I remember Flanagan at uh, Coventry away, which is one of the first games where he sort of played centre back and I think he got mm. done on the goal and then he obviously had that unfortunate scenario where he tripped um, and we lost the ball. Since then, to be fair to him, he's, he's done really well but I can I can see the potential for Leuven's for his experience. Somewhere along the line we need a you know, the, the old school shit now so you can just defend. Because I think Baldwin sees himself... You're not even Turk if you... I think you Baldwin know, likes to play a bit, of, a bit of football, doesn't he? He likes to, like, bring the ball out. Yeah. They both do, to be fair. Flanagan yeah. and Baldwin yeah. are both comfortable on the yeah. ball. I think... Gareth's... Um, yeah, but what are you? I'm not, not, no, I'm not. He's I'd, holding back from... I would just keep it. I, I can see what you're saying, but I feel like, as though... Should maybe just leave well alone for the moment. Well, the back five, I just keep it the same because, like a bit like Stephen says, I think the more they play, the more... Comfortable. I suppose if he, if he starts tinkering too much, it, it, it could undermine a bit of confidence. It's taken a while to get that settled as well, remember, because yeah. we, it did chop and change a lot because of injuries, yeah. etc., at the start of the season. Yeah. So I think it's probably only been for the last sort of yeah. seven games where we've had left seven or eight games in the league where we've had that consistency yeah. at the back, and I'd, I'd, I'd keep it that way. Yeah. I mean, they did keep a lot of clean sheets, so it's it's really harsh. It's It's just we've stopped keeping the clean sheets. Obviously, there were mitigating circumstances. We were down to 10 men. I just wonder whether, if you're talking about picking your best 11, mm. it's not a slight on either of them. I just personally think Leuven's is our best defender in terms of positioning, kind of organising, knowing where to be on the pitch. Mm. 
and especially in a game like tomorrow, he's not going to put him in. I don't think. I think he will stick with what. He I, I wouldn't. Put. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I, I, I wouldn't personally, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he'll do it. It's food for thought. Um, I just he's got he's got the experience again. He's another one like McGee. He's played Champions League football. He's played a lot of football at a higher yeah. level than mm-hmm. this. The rest of that back four, Matthews has a bit, but the others haven't. Yeah. Well, Flanagan's playing. The he's Champions played Championship. League. He's not played Champions League football. You know, he's not. We're not, we're not talking. Yeah. I don't think he was always a regular starter, apparently, for Burton either last yeah. season, was he? He was in and out of the team. Yeah. This is without a doubt the hardest um, task Sunderland oh. faced all season. I mean, we played Peterborough at home. A couple of people on Twitter have commented saying we need to start with that kind of intensity. We were, well, I think I would say we that we always against Peterborough was the best we played. Yeah, right, season. but yeah, I, I think closely followed think by that wall. So the, the the difference here is um, that we all kind of predicted what would happen with Peterborough before it did happen, didn't we? When they were top of the league and they won the first five games, yeah. because it happens every season. They do it every season. Start like this, the drop away. There's no doubt about a Barnsley going to be top three, top four this season. So this is going to, this is going to tell us a lot. You know, whether all these other managers and fans are right about us, and we're getting lucky, and we just haven't played anybody good well, yet. But then looking at the game at the weekend, I mean, they, they they've dropped points recently, Barnsley, and no, their forms. Um, I mean, they went. Actually, I mean, they went. They were lucky to get away with a, yeah, a point because our keeper bat, made a really yeah, good save later on. Yeah, he did, and mm. they, I think um, Don asked hit the bar as well. I think so. You know, it's it's not they're not. You know, I think we're building it up in our heads. Not, it's not almost like it's Barnsley. I think it's the test, isn't it? And it's the, it's <laughs> almost like you need to reassure yourself that everything's going to be okay because you're so desperate for and you just for keep, us to get yeah, to, uh, to get promoted because it'll be side, such a positive thing after the misery of the last few years. And it's that worry that the the lose, losing a game, losing a game against Barnsley, you know, in in thirty eight, sorry, forty six games, um, when we've only lost one in eighteen. On, when you look at it on paper, it doesn't probably matter that much. But then at the same time, you just—it's almost like that constant reassurance that you need to get the that, figure get that hanging over me is the fact that Barnsley beat us twice last season. That was just and, coming to my mind. Beat us and, twice last season. No, no, <laughs> but they, they were a relegated, yeah, fellow relegated yeah, side, yeah. and they outplayed us and they've kind comprehensively. Of kept, we took, kind of we took four points. Team together, haven't they? We took yeah. four points so, off Wolves last season. I think I think Barnsley away last season was the was the game where you thought we are in big trouble here. Yes, we, absolutely. We, we were like so pathetic in that game. Um, they look quite they fluent look, as well. Yeah, and, they look good. They had some good you know, young players. I was, I, I was surprised they were really getting to be honest. Same. In, in all honesty, I didn't want them to go down because mm. I didn't really want to have to compete with them to come mm. back up. There were other clubs, I think, like particularly Bolton, mm-hmm. I think, or Burt, well, sorry, Burton came down. Um, not so much Birmingham, because I think they're all right. Mm-hmm. Redden, even. There's some of these teams that had that feel of a downward trajectory, Hull. Yeah. Barnsley weren't one of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of them, a bit like we've been in the past between the Premier League and the mm-hmm. Championship. Yeah. They're going to bounce between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I still. Th- we're a different kettle of fish to what we were last season, of yeah. course. So I agree with Steve. I think if we play with the intensity we're starting against Peterborough, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, Barnsley so. will be playing a very different Sunderland. That's team what I'm saying. Yeah. Not only the yeah. team itself, but yeah. the actual attitude and mentality of yeah. the team that they'll have faced is very different. The, the clubs are different, as yeah. you've mentioned yourself. Yeah. And it, I don't think it's a game we go into fearing. It's anticipation, excitement. Yeah. It's a top of the table clash under the lights. Yeah. But all the cliches, it, all the cliches, <laughs> roll them out. Yeah, night game. Any anything Wonderful else? Any yeah. others? Bovril. Yeah, Liability is back in the team. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to treat them with a bit 
more respect than some of I, I don't mean that horribly about other clubs but yeah. this is a game that yeah. it's a it's an, an early marker of where we're at mm. I think I think it'll go same team because I think it's the best arguably the best we've played first 20 minutes all the season including Oviedo I think it, I just don't think he'll change it I, 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 I just don't think he'll 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 look and say the red card made the game an anomaly mm-hmm. and that before it it was going to plan and everything was working okay and I don't think he, he wants to send a message out to any of those starting players you've done anything wrong because we would have won the game at a canter if it wasn't for that early record. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that and I, I wouldn't be disappointed. I, I wouldn't even be, be disappointed if it was Oviedo starting in that advanced position because I think he's good enough oh, definitely. to play there in yeah. this league easily. So yeah. I think and, and if he gets into an, an, a space around the box, he doesn't score as many goals as he should, but he'll create them. Mm-hmm. And he'll have it. He's won a bit like McGeady. He's yeah. going to find the yeah. back of the net. Like yeah. His quality from range is too good for him not to eventually. And we've got, although we didn't score from them, and a couple of them were a bit duff, but remember we had loads of them, our set pieces, our corners. Yeah. Not The delivery of the ball was a lot better when yeah. we had Oviedo taking mm. them on that side. And, yeah. and actually on the other side, they were, be- they were better from uh, McGeady this time as well. They looked... We got Maguire off them because he wasn't playing. And Maguire come on and did really well. And he's another one who, if he's fit, will be vying for a start. Because he, he made a huge difference. Like, he just occupied players. Yeah. He did. And he, he, him and all night, Maguire in particular, because he's been so uh, prevalent all season, if he's fit, would, would keep himself... Unlucky not a player, just, yeah. just my opinion, I think he'll go for the same team. It's nice to have a game back. I'll tell you what, I bet, I bet Max Powell's absolutely buzzing. Imagine oh, being him at the moment. He's probably relieved. He's, but he's, he's gone from, like, being on the floor, probably to like being in the clouds because he, he thought he was going to miss loads of games he's going to yeah. get all his criticism from the fans and from the media and then suddenly there you go well I tell you what you know, you're, you're, you're back in the team I mean being, being kind to him he's probably you know he's coming to games he's still relatively new he's wanted to prove himself to the fans you know probably become a bit of a cult hero and just try too hard at times you know and just like we said before just be cuter and I think the, the last thing to say on, I hope a few of the people who've been tweeting him and stuff was oh, yeah. abuse uh, 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 you know, taking a good hard look at themselves and they say, I know you thought differently, Stephen. I don't know how you saw it, Tom, but when Madger went off, I felt like there were some people ironically cheering that decision, like, because, I mean, that's another yeah. talking point. Well, it, 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 it's like, but, it's like the Kasri thing last season, you know, apparently he was like 15 stone overweight and he wasn't a very good footballer all of a sudden. And now people are saying about Madger, yeah, he's, he's, he's only scored, what is it, 11 goals or whatever it is and, um, but he doesn't do any work. This, that, and the other. And it's just it, it winds me what, up. Grabbing too. What, once this, yeah. What, what, once this sort of general feeling gets around, there's too many people pick up on it instead of just analysing what you what you see yourself. And anybody who criticises Magic to me is just. I mean, he's he's a great young talent. The Fantastic same people player. who criticise Josh Magic are the same people who want the kids in. And then he is the kid. He is the kid. He gets and in. They want him out. The same people have he leaves. Yeah. It'll be oh well the club have messed up because yeah. we should have kept and them. A, a lot of the time if you you know if you know anything about football that lone striker role which he has had to play a lot of the time is just like the loneliest position you could possibly play on a football field, you know. It, it's very hard to occupy people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Nineteen yeah. nineteen years old. It's interesting how it's playing against men as well, and how yeah. to interpret that. I guess it depends where you're sitting, because I 
I thought where I was sitting that the cheer was for Maguire yeah. coming on rather than Madge going off, yeah. which it is could, fair enough. I could have. I, could, I, I misinterpreted the power we, thing. We, so we weren't you know. we weren't sitting next to each other, so there's no, we were you, think, power. exactly. Yeah. So you're surrounded by different people. I think there is actually, there is a, a sort of a little bit of a, a feeling around that maybe he needs to you know his work rate needs to go up. I think even Jack Ross has alluded to that at times. You know a little bit, but I, I just think you've got to give the lad credit. He's, mm. you know, he's coming yeah, I mean, to he's coming to a, a, a team at a club where confidence was like rock bottom, and he's done as much as anybody on an individual basis to mm. to bring us to where we are. And he's nineteen year old, yeah. and you think all of the, all of these other kids who people want chucked in are normally like three yeah. years old of them. Speaking of right. kids being chucked in, where's his link? Um, where's his link? Oh, oh no! Remember when? <laughs> where's uh, his segue to? Remember the last <laughs> kid who was chucked in, and there was a lot of hype about him, not Pickford. And then uh, he started getting slaughtered after about 10 games. Duncan Watmore, he's back tonight for the uh, under-23s, which is a massive uh, yeah. boost. Or, or and, last night, if you're listening on your morning yeah, and, commute. And he, uh, you, you know, know how he done. He's probably <laughs> injured again. <laughs> yeah. That's um, not even funny. You would, <laughs> you, would, you would expect to see him in that checker trade game, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Which is quite exciting, isn't it? Oh, look, look, Watmore, he's one of them. I think if he's anywhere near what he was before both of his injuries he's way too good for the division oh yeah but pff, there are question marks he's, he needs time yeah. I thought when he looked quite good when he came back last he obviously didn't end product was suffering a bit but it's going to take time to like get your eye in oh, and then God, obviously yeah. he got injured it, in it's a psychological element we want more as well because he's you know the majority of his games built on his outrageous pace and whether in his head he's prepared to try it I don't know because you know not that long ago, one injury of that type, mm. and you were finished. He's now had two. The same so one, isn't to, it? So they've got to be very apparently careful. It's not as it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. The yeah. same now, apparently. Yeah, so obviously, it's, it's still the same recovery time, mm. but technology obviously has come yeah, on. Improved, and yeah. you talk. I know Stephen's telling the story up. You talk about the bother Gooch has caused this season with his direct play. Well, Watmore's on another level at Gooch. Watmore, in terms of in terms of he hasn't got a trick, <laughs> but in terms of direct. Aggressive running towards the box and putting defenders on the back foot. Yeah. There's you know, no one better, and there's no one better in, in the squad, and he will cause a lot of problems. He can finish as well. You've got to wish him no, well I as well because everybody finish. says what a positive influence yeah, is around yeah. the club. He's like a, you know he's got a great character. So good luck to him. Good luck to him indeed. So Sunderland uh, play Barnsley Tuesday night. We're looking forward to that. Frankie will be back with the uh, lads on Thursday. Oh uh, well, no, we'll have the reaction pod hopefully again tomorrow night. Hope you've been oh, enjoying good, those. Yeah, yeah hopefully J- uh, James will be. He's leading he's on. Speaking of the manager tomorrow, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So that'd be good if you've been listening to them. I hope you enjoyed them. The away one, I thought it was yeah. really good, really f- enjoyable. Matthew yeah. getting abused, which I always enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Matthew will be listening. No, he will be. Yeah, he'll agree. So make sure, you, well. make sure you check us out Wednesday night. Check us out. Um, or Tuesday night and Thursday. Then thanks for listening. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 